Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Well, Hammer, our next guest, it was 12 months ago that, uh, well, basically his uh, cricket world came crashing down, of course, was at the time was the captain of Australia, and I talk of Tim Payne, and he has just uh, released a book called Tim Payne, The Price Paid, A Story of Life, Cricket and Lessons Learned. I can't believe it was a year ago. Tim, appreciate your time. Fair to say, time flies. Yeah, yeah, for some. Um, it's been a long 12 months for me, that's for sure, but... Um yeah, look, glad to finally, I suppose, have the book out. It's been, uh, it was sort of done, actually, about 18 months ago and um, had to add a few chapters to it, unfortunately. The chapters I never wished I would have to have written, but, um, yeah, it's done now and I'm glad it's out and I can start moving forward. So you've got the headline, The Price Paid, and the book was written 18 months ago before it all came crashing down for you. More on that yep. shortly. What was the name of the book prior to The Price Paid? That's a very good question. That's the only name I've seen is that one. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what they were going to go with there at one stage, but obviously the tone of the book's changed a little bit. Um, not ideal, but um, again, most of it pretty standard sort of autobiography with a few more twists than, um, than I would have liked in it. But um, yeah, it was sort of the book deal was done about two years ago and I was always working on it um, throughout the last few years and then... Um, yeah, I wasn't too sure if I really wanted to go ahead with it, to be honest, but um, having the end, and um, as I said, it actually hasn't been a bad week to sort of have my say and uh, get some things off my chest, and then um, hopefully that'll help move on. That's the point I was going to ask you, in just in regards to the book, and it's, it is so, you know, you go, we go into the the sexting scandal, you've got Sandpaper Gate, you've talked about the, 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 the marriage situation with Bonnie, and, and uh, I can't imagine you're putting it out and, and seeing it in print and how difficult that would be for everyone. But has yeah. has it been quite cathartic for you? Has it been quite um, liberating that you can actually put it out there for everyone to see and then all the backroom yeah. gossip and all that sort of stuff that's been happening around yeah. the world uh, can be dealt with in your own words? Yeah, I think so. That's certainly where it's got to. I would say early last week um, when it sort of all hit the headlines again, I was... Um, wasn't loving it, it's fair to say. And again, I just don't like putting my family in that sort of situation, um, particularly, you know, on the back of my actions. So um, that's been the hardest part of it. But certainly, I'll, as I've said already, I, I want to move on with my life. I've got some things I want to do. And, um, you know, I've been relatively quiet. I've, I've stayed hidden for about 12 months. And part of moving on is, is putting myself back out there. And, um, you know, I've copped what I've had to cop on the chin and I'm now looking forward to the next phase. Uh, I mean, I don't want to keep harping on it, but after the whole incident, um, life had to be pretty secretive, I imagine. What was sort of some of the things, could you go out and could you could you live a somewhat normal life or was it just all the time interrupted by people and, and anyone who anyone and everyone who wanted to have their opinion on you? 
Um, no, I didn't go out to the house a hell of a lot, I must admit. Mm. Certainly for the first sort of three months, three or four months, I was, um, yeah, I was in a place that I probably hadn't ever thought I would be sort of mentally, but um, yeah, I think it was a sort of, it was a pretty standard sort of reaction to what was in the end a pretty traumatic part of my life, to be honest. I didn't, you know, want anything like that to be playing out in the media and obviously the position that I was now in, um, you know, made the story a really big one, a really public one, which was which was horrible to go through. But, um, yeah, lucky again, living down in Tasmania, that people sort of leave you alone, but um, you know, as opposed to living in, say, Sydney or Melbourne. But, yeah, certainly the first month or so, you know, I had sort of media parked out the front of my house and back of my house. And, um, yeah, so I, I pretty much just got into a bit of a routine of hiding at home. I was getting up pretty early, going for a run, just to try and clear my head and stay active and then... Uh, the rest of the day, I'd spend sort of sitting at home and feeling sorry for myself, to be honest. But um, luckily, sort of snapped out of it and um, got a bit of routine back in my life, and um, things are starting to go really well, which is nice. Tim Payne, our guest, the price paid, a story of life, cricket, and lessons learned. He's joining us on SEN Breakfast this morning. Um, Cricket Australia, your relationship with Cricket Australia, you don't miss them in the book. You were somewhat I expressed, uh, you expressed your disappointment where you felt like, the, again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Tim, it's written in the book, um, that you felt yeah. like they really didn't have your back and they weren't giving you the answers when you were trying to get some sort of feedback in regards to the captaincy and your playing future. Um, what's your relationship yeah. with Cricket Australia like? Uh, well, it's, it's pretty non-existent at the moment. Um, but I think, you know, that's probably a bit of a period, both of us having a bit of a cooling-off period. But, um, you know, I've, you know, represented Australia and been very fortunate, um, you know, for a big chunk of my life for, for what Cricket Australia have done for me and the opportunities they've given me. So, um, you know, I, as you said, I, I write about it in the book. It's it's something that had to be addressed. I don't think I could write a book and, and not have that in there. But, um, you know, the decision was made, you know, the night before this sort of stuff all came out and, um, and I've had to cop that on the chin, but yeah, sort of moving forward, I'm, I'm not sure what that relationship will look like. Um, I'm not the sort of person that, that holds grudges. I know those people had a decision to make. I, I disagree with the one they made and the way it was handled in the end, but um, as I said, I, I'll cop it on the chin and, and move on. Um, uh, Tim, your book's obviously Life, Cricket and Lessons Learned, and so I'm going to change the tact and have a little cricket talk, if, if that's all right, Goss. Uh, Beautiful. Um, as a <laughs> test wicketkeeper for uh, Australia for a number of years, um, I remember growing up and watching Adam Gilchrist play cricket, and you mentioned it yeah. in your book, but such a... Uh, a powerful figure with the bat as well as keeping. And, and I know that yeah. as a young kid, I would look at that and I would say, well, that's just how keeping goes. That's, that's, you've got to be able to bat. And Kumar Sangakara yeah. was an excellent uh, batter as well. And that's, I think you touch on it here. It's not the main part of wicket keeping. I mean, um, how did you find that? Cause there was obviously a bit of criticism about your test batting, but you're a wicket keeper yeah. first and foremost. So how did you find um, that in terms of your cricketing career? Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't too fussed. I mean, it's all about playing, knowing your role, and playing your role, isn't it? I mean, I've always taken a really um, set a really high standard for myself, particularly with my wicket keeping, my batting. I've probably always underperformed a little bit, um, or people probably think I have underperformed a little bit. But um, yeah, certainly the Australian wicket keeping spot is is a very very difficult one to get. There's not too many guys that will get it if you if you can't hold a bat. That's for sure. But um, you know, we've all got Gilly to blame for that, but it's a yeah, it's a daunting role to take when you look at the names that have had that in the past. Um, there's always big shoes to fill, and um, and unfortunately for for us 
going forward. After Gilly, you're always going to be compared to him, and um, you know it's just about an impossible task to be honest. But um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. It's a role that I love doing, but you know that if you whoever is going to be the Australian keeper is going to come with a hell of a lot of scrutiny because we've had such great players and legends do it in the past. You shared the heat, didn't you? Um, yourself and, and Justin Langer you both had sort of a pretty uh, uh, controversial departures, so to speak. He, uh, yep. What did you, your relationship with JL? Um, you know, yep. I can imagine again, I mean, he loves to call it a, a spade a spade, but uh, yep. was it a great relationship because you played against him and, and you sort of knew him yep. enough for the connection to even start? What, what's, your, what's, your, what's your thoughts on, on JL and also on his departure as coach of Australia? Yeah, I was, it was certainly disappointing. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I wasn't there for it in the end, and I watched it um, sort of play out from a bit of a, from a distance. But um, again, yeah, I thought the handling of that situation was was pretty ordinary for someone who's you know done so much as a player. He's, he's a legend of Australian cricket. His his results coaching that team were were fairly good. And at the end of the day, professional sports are results driven game. And um, you know, being a, a leader of the Australian cricket team, whether that's captain or coach, you, you're not going to be able to please everyone. And um, and Jail certainly didn't, but he's strong in his beliefs. Uh, and I don't think you can argue with his results. But again, just the way that was played out publicly and, and dragged out for so long, I thought was really poorly handled. And um, Jail certainly deserved a hell of a lot better than that. Um, and yeah, in my individual relationship with him has always been fantastic. I was Lucky enough to be in Australian squads when I was sort of 23, 24. And at that time, JL was the assistant coach. So I started training with him really early. Um, hit it off with him. Loved going to the gym with him, doing some extra fitness stuff. And, um, yeah, we had some, some pretty common interests. So um, relationships been good ever since. And uh, we kept in touch when he was with WA and then linked up again. And uh, it's still pretty close to this day. So, um, you know, he's done a lot for my career and, um, yeah, I'm very thankful for what he's what he's done for me over the years. Mm. I've um, Tim, I've heard I've heard JL speak a number of times that um, he's come into West Coast and had a few chats with the players and and the staff there, and and I remember watching yeah. him play and the the way he's sort of his resolve in in, in really hard situations. Um, coming off, and you touch on this in your book, coming off the sandpaper gate and that whole that whole scandal, the the way that yeah. the two of you led the team out of that and the, the test series against England and how was um how was that having him in that situation and then your own captaincy leading the, the playing group out of that, that what was that like in in the moment yeah it was, well, it was certainly challenging that's for sure you don't want to be coming into those roles in the in the situations that we did but um again jail sort of being that sort of bloke just rolled his sleeves up he came in as you can expect, like I said before, he's got really strong vision in the way he wants to go about it and, and how he wants his teams to play, particularly when he was coaching Australia. He was really strong and um, on our behaviour and, and our culture and how we went about it. And, and he you know, set the tone right from the, from the get-go. So for me, the early stages of that captaincy was about supporting his message and, and getting around him and and helping him with his vision that he had for our team. And, um, you know, as I said, our... Our values and stuff were pretty commonly shared. Um, JL and I, and we we looked at things pretty similar for for a lot of the time, so um, it worked pretty well. And then you know we both sort of evolved. I guess he was you know given some feedback to try and soften his approach, um, which from what I could see from the distance when I wasn't in the team, he, he was doing a great job of. But 
um, yeah, it's just a shame he, he's not still in the role now. Last couple for you, mate. You on the back of your book, and we're talking to Tim Payne. Tim Payne, the price paid, uh, of course. Uh, the back of it, you're, you're proudly wearing your baggy green. You're proudly wearing your four one four shirt, which has the Alinta Energy logo on it. How would you go nowadays yes. uh, with <laughs> with all of that taking uh, taking place? Are you surprised with the the, the, the stance of the of your uh, of your replacement? Uh, no, not really. And I mean, I've heard a few people touch on it before. I mean, Paddy's entitled to his view, and, that, and that's fine. I don't think he's he's forcing it on anyone else. Um, from what I what I know, he certainly didn't when I was in the team. But yeah, he's he's got his values and things that he likes to support and, and not support, and that's fine. And I think these teams are made up. Of, you know, they're sporting teams, and and teams at work and everyday jobs is made up of. of individuals and, and they all have their own beliefs and their own reasons for doing things and um, you know it's about making it all work and making sure we're all working together and um, doing the right thing by the game so yeah hopefully players can continue to express their views but we've got to keep in mind as well that um, you know these particularly international level the game is very expensive to, to run so there's, there's a trade-off there for sure but hopefully you know all sporting organizations and players are working together and um, and finding some some middle ground, um, Tim. Just a, another little change of tact. I mean, I I played football not very well and played a game and then got <laughs> delisted and got uh, got the flick. But the forgotten Brayshaw, forgotten Brayshaw. Yeah, I've, uh, I've had a few go before me that have been all right. But uh, watching from the sidelines for me wasn't you know wasn't the hardest thing in the world because I was never really good. But um, yeah. to depart the way you have, do you still keep up to date with Australian cricket, or is you know do you watch it and sort of does it, yeah. I mean, imagine it hurts, but uh, how do you go watching it or do you even watch it? Yeah, no, I've started to watch it. I must admit I didn't there for a long while, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm watching again. I'm actually really enjoying it. I'm, I'm probably watching it a hell of a lot less intently than I used to and, um, you know, I'm, I'm watching it as a fan and I'm enjoying, you know, watching guys do well and hopefully Australia win. But, um, yeah, to not be living it and feel every result like I used to um, has actually been really nice the last 12 months. I, know, I think the family sort of appreciated when the crickets on tell I can come in and out of the room and <laughs> they can ask me a question and, and get a response where the last time I, I wouldn't have heard them sort of 12, 18 months ago. So um, now I'm really enjoying it. I'm a cricket nuffy. I'm a sports nuffy. So to be able to watch it um, just as a fan has been awesome. All right. You say you're, sel- you're selfish and you've uh, a lot of this uh, has you've been able to shed that skin in the book. You basically yep. talk about where you're in your own world. You did nothing for anyone else, but even making a coffee for Bonnie and, and spending more quality time with the kids. Is that the positive to come out of this horrible journey that you certainly unfolded uh, in the sort of back, up, back end of your career? Yeah, I think so. I was I was probably worse earlier in my career, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's funny when you you know a professional sportsman at that international level, you do live in a bit of a bubble, and and everything tends to sort of centre around you, particularly when you're away, and um, you know everything's done for you. And then I'd sort of come home and and probably not adjust back into being a, a father and husband, and expect things still to be done, and not be too concerned with what people are doing around me. So to be now a bit more present and um, you know doing school drop-offs and cutting up lunches and, and doing all those things I'm actually really enjoying and um, yeah it's nice to be back home full-time and enjoying family life and not be worried about where I'm going next or having to pack or unpack the suitcase it's been um, certainly one of the silver linings. Yeah that's really good so so marriage is good your mental state how's everything else how's, how's everything going in just Tim Payne's world yeah, which, everything's, which really everything's is quite, going quite open in the really book well. about all that. Yeah, it was yeah, it was a challenging time, and again, I, I didn't like writing about it or going back through it. But 
um, again, I think it was an important part of me sort of being able to move on and get over it. So, um, yeah, we touch on it there. I was struggling for, for quite a while, I think, but, um, you know, I look back on it now and it was pretty a pretty standard reaction to what was a really traumatic um, part of my life, to be honest. And, again, to have it play out privately would have been and was difficult four years previous to when it came out public, but then to have to have it in the public eye was um, was a real shock and, um, and really hard, not just for me, but probably harder for, for my family and my wife and kids who are thankfully really young. So, um, But, yeah, everything's on the up. We've obviously had a really rough trot and uh, but got things back together and getting some help with it and um, continuing to, to get better as a person and, as I said, spend more time, quality time with my family and, and make it up for them if I can. Yeah, brilliant stuff, mate. Look, it's a good read, fantastic read and just those uh, the pictures of yourself and the family and, and the baggy green cap. Where is the baggy green? Where do you, where do you keep it? Uh, that's a good question, actually. I'm not sure at the moment. I think it may be down in the back room under the garage, actually. <laughs> um, I, I put it away. I didn't really like look. I mean, I love the baggy green cat, but it did. when you, I wasn't quite ready to let it go when I did, so looking at it for a little bit there hurt. So I think it's tucked away in a bag. But, um, yeah, at some stage I'd love to get it out and put it up in the study or, or somewhere like that because it's you know, been a really important part of my life. Oh, you've been a big part of it, the Australian and Australian sporting life and scene as well, uh, Tim. So uh, display it proudly. Mate, just really, we're going to let you go and we appreciate all the time you've given us this morning. Scott Cummings, normally uh, for club player and, of course, uh, for those who don't know, he kicked 14 against Adelaide at the Wacker one day and he mm. tells us he's over in Melbourne at the moment yep. for the carnival. He normally does a, uh, a, a bit of a, a straight six, a six question. Scott, he's straight six. We're yep. going to try and get this away. Your favourite other sport and athlete? Uh, AFL. Um, I'm a Bombers fan at the moment, so I haven't got too many to pick from, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. but, um, I'd say my favourite player at the moment is Zach Merritt. Yeah, right. Yeah, we'll go with that. If you were to open up a restaurant, what's the signature dish? What's one, and don't say you're going to have eggplant in it or aubergine, otherwise yeah. you're dead to us. No, um, certainly wouldn't. It'd be something pretty simple. I reckon I'd probably go a little... Oh, I'd probably go just a little pizza shop. Yeah, Can't nice. Go wrong there. Yeah, nice work. Yeah, uh, yep. you're a Mexican guy, aren't you? I'm a Mexican guy. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mexican, good shout. Yeah, Thank veg- you. <laughs> veg- on toast for me. Yep. Uh, you pump up <laughs> song when you're about to go out to battle. You're going to a game, or you're trying to get motivated. What's the one pump up song or musician? I don't have one to be honest. I've never been. A, I'm not much of a music man, to be fair. Um, I'm, less, I'm normally listening to SEN on the way to... Nice work by yeah. you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, nice work by you. I'm glad you are. And um, Hamish Brasher is showing Metallica, mate. We don't do heavy metal on this yeah, station. I know. <laughs> mate. Uh, something that annoys you more than it should. What gets under your skin when you, whether it's in life, in everyday oh, life? It's, yeah, it's untidiness. <laughs> untidiness. Yeah, it might be a little bit of a, a thing from sort of being away in hotels a lot of everything's in its spot and yeah. everything I have at home has a spot and then I come home and I've got two young kids now and, and stuff is everywhere so I, I battle with that daily. Yeah, everything's got its spot and I'm sure the hotel staff know that all too oh, well. Oh, yeah. What about that? Go through and probably know exactly where everything is in your room. Poor old Vera. <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. bit rough oh, anyway. Uh, okay, last two for you. Hidden talent. What's the one thing you do that uh, you know that, that not a lot of people Ooh. know? Some, something in the, in the Tim Payne world. What are you good at? Oh, well, cleaning. 
Oh, God. Mate, use the chance to make it a sponsor here. There you right go. here, right yep. now. Hello to Dyson, if you're yep. listening. Yep. Uh, and the yep. last one, something about a cricket team, teammate we don't know. Someone you may have played with as a grade cricketer or a Shield player or an Australian player. Ooh. They've got something a little bit quirky that not a lot of people would be aware of. Oh, well... If I played with two, you wouldn't get much quirkier than Marnus and, and Steve Smith, would you? But <laughs> I mean, it, I could go on for hours about the quirkiness of those two. Um, to pick one out would be would be actually quite challenging, to be fair. I think the funny thing about both those two is they think the other one's weird. <laughs> and yeah, so Steve thinks Marnus is weird, and Marnus thinks Steve's weird, but they both think they're perfectly normal. So it's, quite a, it's quite a strange thing to, to see. Uh, then you throw Adam Zamper into the equation and it's all a bit cray-cray, to be really honest <laughs> yeah. with you. Hey, mate, can Australia pull something out of the fire in this World Cup or do they look like they're chasing their tail here? Uh, well, I think if they can get through, no doubt. Um, I think I'm not having looked at the equation since England's win last night, but I think, yeah, certainly they showed last World Cup that if they can get into that final four um, on their night, I think they can beat anyone, so... Um, we'll see how it plays out in the next few round games. But, yeah, I think um, Australia certainly can get the job done if they can sneak through. Good luck. Great book. Tim Payne, The Price Paid, uh, going back to uh, uh, add a few chapters in there, not chapters that I'm sure you are proud of, but at the same time to air them, to have them out in the public space, mate, is, uh, takes a bit of courage, mate. Congratulations to you, and we appreciate you spending a lot of time with us this morning, and we're still glad that you're an absolute passionate SEN man that goes a long way. And if Hutchie's listening, you're available for uh, to re-sign the new contract. Yeah, no, we'll get back there at some stage, I'm sure. Good on you, mate. Tim Payne joining us. Uh, Tim Payne, the price paid, a story of life, cricket and lessons learned. Joining us on Breakfast This Morning. What a lovely chat that was. Yeah, what an open, candid chat. He's a good fella and we wish him all the very best. Get, do yourself a favour. Christmas time coming. As Molly would say, get the book. Do yourself a favour. This is Hammer and Goss on SENWA Breakfast.